I'd like to read this one one more time. It's only a few sentences, the parable. And sometimes for all of us, the scriptures, they take a couple times to really settle in. A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, The first. This story kind of, this parable kind of reminds me of just those classic Sunday, Saturday mornings at my own home growing up. And my dad having, well, really my mom, having a set of chores for us to do and projects for me and my dad to take care of and usually lawn work or something outside, little projects, normal house things. And so I never got the option of the two sons, unfortunately. I wasn't given that privilege of choosing. But I think my reaction was very similar, particularly to the first son, um, in the sense of I wanted to do my own thing on Saturday morning. I had to be in school the rest of the week, and that's a real grind, of course, as a kid. Um, very difficult lives that, that our children live, or at least they feel like it. And I wanted Saturday morning for myself. Yeah, that, was, that was my time. I wanted to watch Saturday morning cartoons, chill out and watch TV, or go play games in the neighborhood with my school friend or with my neighborhood friends. And so I'd inevitably end up working against my own will in the yard with my dad. And, you know, the amount of times that I would end up working, it was kind of that, that very similar cycle of I would never want to do it, and there'd be a lot of resistance on my part to doing the work. But really, by the end of the day, or maybe it's a half day of working in the yard, there's really always a deep satisfaction that I remember. There's the sense of getting something done. There's the sense of, even, even at that age, doing something for my parents, even against my own will, and knowing how much my parents did for me, even though you don't really realize that very often, but the sense of, I, I did this for mom and dad. And really, I would say the greatest thing might not have been able to verbalize it in those days as a child or as a teenager, but the greatest thing was probably spending time with my dad, working. There's just something about spending time with dad, even when we're arguing and not in full harmony. There's something special there. 
spending time with my Father. I don't think this parable and the reaction of the first son is that different than this. I'd like to first look at the Father and his work, and then I'd like to take a look at the two sons. Participating in the work of God. Participating in the work of God. I think the Father's work in this parable is symbolic. Participating in the Father's work in this parable is symbolic of a lot of things and representative of a lot of things, but especially what it's, what it's representing is union with God and intimacy with God. Union with God and participation in the life of God. This is allowing our own will to be secondary to the will of God for us. It's us stepping out of the driver's seat in our own lives, getting in the passenger seat, and allowing God to take the wheel. That's a big movement. It's a big movement. Doing the work of the Father with the Father. This also means, as the parable is emphasizing, making real-life practical decisions around God. So that if someone was looking at our lives, they wouldn't have to guess what religion we belong to or what we believed. Because it would be very clear to them, this person is a devout Christian. This person is a devout Catholic. Real-life, practical decisions where we're actually moving our life around our belief in God. This looks like what a lot, of, a lot of us in this church right now already do. Going to Mass every Sunday. Actually carving out time in the day for prayer. So that there is time every single day built into my schedule, let's say 20 minutes, where I am praying. And that's prayer time. That's for God. That's God's time. Praying with our spouses and our children as a, as a family. It looks like God coming before sports. And maybe it means our children don't get the same amount of training as a lot of the kids do because we refuse to skip Mass on Sunday for some sporting event. That's practical. That's a real action. Maybe as a high school student thinking about college, it looks like asking the question every single day, 
Jesus, where do you want me to go to college? Jesus, what do you want me to do with my life? And waiting for him to answer and give us clarity. Practically allowing God to drive the vehicle of our lives. This, of course, results in our flourishment as human beings. It allows us to reach our potential. It also allows for life to not be boring and drudgery because we're allowing for this person who has our best interest at hand to lead us into some kind of adventure that we never would have had the imagination or the foresight to plan for ourselves. It comes with peace, the peace that can only come from God. That deep, existential peace. And it also comes with joy. And even in the suffering, we're able to hang in there because of this inner joy. The second son in the parable is the main one that Jesus wants to warn us against, and that's directed towards the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the parable, and he's comparing them to it. And so this is a major act of charity that Jesus is pointing out for these guys because over and over again throughout the four Gospels, Jesus is trying all these different ways and strategies to get people to listen to him. Sometimes that means calling them out. Sometimes that means being very, very gentle. And he just does all these strategies because he wants them to participate in the work of the Father and be a part of the kingdom of God. He wants them to wake up. So here he's using this example of the second son. And the second son is the one who says, yes, I'll, I'll go out into the vineyard, but he just never does anything. This, I think, is what John Paul II calls practical atheism. Practical atheism. And practical atheism is, is, is this term that means I, I say I'm a Christian, and if somebody came up to me and said, you know, what do you believe in? I'd say, I'm Catholic. I grew up Catholic, um, and I would consider myself a Catholic or a Christian or, or whatever. But in our lives, there is no actual day-to-day -day evidence of that. Our lives just look like any person who doesn't believe in God's life. And, and actually, our lives and the actions that we take reflect that we actually don't believe there is a God. So we actually live our lives as though God does not exist, practically, in the things that we do. And this is often comes with the sin of presumption, which is, yeah, I, I'm perfectly good with God. Me and God are very, very good. We say that, Yet, we are the ones who dictate and are the ones in charge of our own lives. 
We haven't handed over our lives to the Father. It often comes with this idea of cafeteria Catholicism, where I can pick and choose the things that I want to believe in because I am the one in charge of my own life. I do not in humility submit myself to the authority of Jesus and the church that he has established. We are so, so capable, and all of us know it in this church, if we have any insight about our own humanity, we are so capable of rationalization as human beings. I know for myself personally, I make rationalizations almost every day. And we all do. That's just the nature of our fallen humanity. And that's okay. We just need to pursue Jesus and ask him to make us humble, ask him to make things clear, and try to be as humble as we can in the face of the Father. The first son is our model. The first son is our model. And the first son is not like an absolute superstar. He starts off saying, no, I'm not going to do anything with you, Father. And it seems like completely unappealing work to him. Just like the spiritual life for all of us feels completely unappealing compared to what the world offers us. Not all the time, but a lot of times. We just don't feel like praying. We just don't feel like going to church. We don't feel like entering into this relationship with God. We'd rather do something else that the world can offer us. And the world offers us a lot. The amount of entertainment that we have today, the various forms of bodily pleasure that are offered to us on a perpetual, a perpetual day, the different comforts that we can give ourselves and indulge in. A lot of times, compared to the spiritual life, we, we, can, we can understand what the sun's getting at. It doesn't seem that appealing. We don't have that desire to work for the Father. We can't really see, just like my young childhood self could not see why the work that my mom was asking me and my dad to do was worth it. But the, the, the first son is our model. A lot of times we need to feel, and I think God allows us to feel the emptiness of being our own masters, of being the ones who decide what we're going to do in our lives. He lets us feel that emptiness. Sometimes that comes out in depression, and sometimes that comes out in anxiety. Sometimes that comes out in just feeling sad. God sometimes allows that so that we can turn around and run towards Him and receive from that invitation. The Father goes to the sons in this parable. The sons don't go to the Father. The Father wants them. And the Father is, of course, daily inviting us He's daily inviting us because he wants to work with us. And he wants us 
to enjoy that intimacy with him, that father-son, that daughter-father relationship. Jesus, we ask you to help us to enjoy intimacy with you and the Father. Help us to be obedient to the Spirit on a daily basis. Help us to enjoy the life of God and to recognize throughout the day when you're inviting us to participate in your work. Help us to live lives of complete joy as we work in the vineyard. Please bless all of our families and continue to share with us the joy of life with you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.